is the season to not travel. Don't get on that fucking plane and please stay off that goddamn train. You know the old tunes. You get to hear the classics this time of year. You get to hear the classic recommendations from all of the scientists and all of the health experts who are saying, yeah, this year, this Christmas, yeah, don't travel. There have been about 2,500 COVID deaths every single day over the last few days. So, yeah, we got a surge going on. Don't travel. And for somebody like me, I just go, okay, sounds good. Perhaps I would have visited my sister. Perhaps I would have planned a trip to visit my wife's family. But they say don't travel, and I just go, yeah, okay, fine. I realize I should not be in an airport. Shouldn't be on a shuttle. Shouldn't be taking an Uber right now. Okay, fine, I'm cautious. I get it. This whole pandemic, it's real. But what the fuck is with these people who are so upset about it? They're not going to tell me what to do. The old, they're not going to tell me what to do, morons. However, I'm not buying it. These people are liars. They just like to complain. These are the people that whine about everything. They just like to point to the government and say, that's the problem, the corrupt government. You know these people. Everything they hear from the government is corrupt. Shady politicians telling me I can't travel. Yeah, don't travel. Just don't travel. But even as you hear these people who are so upset about it and fighting back and still saying, I'm traveling, I'm going to go see my grandma. We're going to go have a big old Christmas dinner and exchange gifts with all the cousins we don't get to see throughout the year. All the cousins we don't really like, but now we're so amped because they're telling us we can't travel to see our families. These people are liars. They are lying. They get a year off. Enjoy this. Enjoy this. You could shout about how upset you are, but come on. You really wanted to buy a plane ticket for the whole family? Spend all that money to kick back with your dysfunctional family? All those relatives you could barely handle? You could barely stomach being in the same room with them? You hate every moment of it. In a non-pandemic year, normal times, you hate it. But now government and scientists are telling us we can't travel. Fuck that, I'm gonna go see Nana going to go see all my nephews and nieces and all my siblings. And we're going to assemble and spread COVID-19 like a bunch of morons. I don't believe you. I don't. I don't. Some people are just in the mood to complain right now. You get a year off. Hang out at home. Order a pizza. Chill on the couch. Watch a movie. Watch sports. How about it? Battle back next year. You go next year. You go on that flight and you see your fam. But I think there's a bunch of liars who like to appear sad with what they can't do right now. I mean, it's not just the people who are saying, we want to travel for the holidays. How dare they tell us what to do? But I think it's a lot of people right now who are being told to stay home and they get upset. They get upset. No, I want to go outside really deep down. You're okay with it. A lot of people are just lying right now, making it sound like, huh, I really wish, I really wish we could go back to normal. I miss gatherings. No, you don't. I miss busy malls. No, you don't. I miss standing in line at the airport, the TSA line. I miss it all. No, you don't. I miss seeing all of my family caroling and eating ham. No, you don't. I miss seeing all of my coworkers every day. No, you don't. I miss going to live sporting events. Really? With your high-def TV and your comfy couch? No, you don't. I miss going to the circus. 
What? You never went to the circus. No, you don't. I miss ice skating. You fucking idiot, you've never ice skated. No, you don't. I miss playing pool. I miss playing billiards with the fellas. You literally have never played billiards with any of the fellas. You don't even know fellas. I miss parades. Oh, yeah? What's the last parade you enjoyed? Honestly, what's the last parade you really enjoyed? Oh, my God, this is wonderful. I'm stationary and they're all moving past me. Oh, riveting. No, you don't. I miss jet lag and being disoriented and sleeping in a relative's house where they have stiff pillows that hurt my neck and electric blankets that will probably kill us. No, you don't. You liars. These people just complaining about a bunch of shit that they don't miss. Oh, yeah. You're trying to get the likes? Is that what you're doing, fuckface? You're trying to get the likes on Facebook? Speaking of Facebook, I had a great moment of levity. By the way, how much do we need levity right now? Isn't levity the best thing when it just kicks you in the nuts? Like you're in a serious mood and all these intense feelings are consuming you. And all these very serious and sad and dramatic news stories are just coming your way. It's almost like you're a boxer and you're in the corner fighting off intense news stories. Trump calls the election a fraud. COVID surges. Your county is now in the purple. Hospitals are overwhelmed. Another lawsuit from Giuliani. Schools remain closed. All these stories just coming at you, coming at you, coming at you, coming at you. Then you go to Facebook. Or at least I'll speak for myself. Then I go to Facebook and I see everybody commenting, everybody sharing links. And then commenting, and everybody sharing links, and everybody commenting. And you go, Trump, 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 COVID, 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 Trump, COVID, COVID, Trump, Trump, COVID, COVID. And as I'm scrolling through this bizarre journey of fear and panic, I see one of my buddies I haven't talked to in 10 years just put up, hey, I'm thinking about takeout tonight. If I go Chinese food, what soup should I get? And there's like 20 comments, and I just start reading it, and I'm like, yes, Chinese soup. I need a Chinese soup. I needed to hear somebody in a Chinese soup dilemma right now. And the posts were hilarious. People just talking about egg drop, egg flour, wonton, war wonton. Those are two different soups, wonton or war wonton. And then, of course, you got sweet and sour. You got one that's just like sizzling corn. I don't know. They're all good. Chinese soups. Are you kidding? You could never make a Chinese soup at home. In your kitchen, if you tried to make Chinese soups... It'd be disgusting from scratch. No, you can't even do any Chinese food at home. Have you noticed that? I mean, you can make Italian food at home. You can make Mexican food at home. You can barbecue at home. You can't make Chinese food at home. There's zero Chinese dishes you could make that would taste like the restaurant. And people get real serious about a food post on Facebook. People arguing about what belongs in a wonton soup. You can't have bok choy. You can't have too much bok choy. Bullshit, bok choy doesn't blow. And then it gets a little argumentative, but still levity. Oh my God, give me levity. Like the other day, I think everybody right now is feeling a heightened sense of anxiety, right? Just a little bit. Maybe you don't even acknowledge it, but it's there. Just the residue of all the big stories going on. But my little, my little three-year-old is watching Peppa Pig and Peppa Pig is on in the background sometimes. She likes it. She's going through a Peppa Pig phase. And for two months, I haven't even looked at it. I guess I'm on my phone doing my own version of adult Peppa Piggin. 
But just the other day, I took five minutes away from my own bullshit to watch what my daughter was watching, and it was hilarious. I actually had a laugh attack. Daddy Pig? Going camping? Have you seen this one? Of course you haven't. But for some reason, it just struck me. I don't know what mood I was in. Maybe I needed levity. Killed me. I was crying. My daughter looked at me like, what? It's not Richard Pryor. What's so funny? I was like, Daddy Pig can't miss. Daddy Pig's fucking hilarious. Give me that levity. Ugh, there's not enough. I hate to say it, and I know this sounds depressing, but I don't laugh enough. And I only know that because when I do have a real laugh attack, I mean, I laugh, don't get me wrong, but you know the difference between a good laugh and then a laugh attack where you just lose it entirely. Those, I think I used to have when I was a teenager in my 20s, like at least one every couple of days. Now I'm averaging three a month. You need more. Like the type of laugh attacks where you almost have to call a timeout because your heart hurts and the amount of liquids coming out of your face, just anything from boogers to tears, that kind of laugh attack where you're doubled over clapping, you're just applauding, doubled over applauding with liquid coming out of your face and your heart is definitely having palpitations. That kind of laugh? I don't have those enough. And that's medicine that I need. And Daddy Pig gave me one. Thank you, Daddy Pig. And by the way, war wonton, probably the best Chinese soup. Although a good egg drop, a good egg drop. And then I drop my own little soy sauce, bloop, right in it. I'll just say it right now. Soy sauce is my favorite condiment. Some of you are saying, come on, show some respect for ketchup. And others are wondering why I disrespect Tabasco or mayo or barbecue sauce. And then we could even have a discussion of what constitutes a condiment. But I'm telling you right now, soy sauce can go on many things including all Chinese soups, just a little bit. Get that salt intake. I'm going to have to cut back my sodium. No, 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 no. I don't want to talk about this. There's no way I wanted episode 119 to be about my sodium intake. You don't need that. You don't need to hear about that. What do you need to hear about? What do you need to hear about right now? The vaccine. The vaccine. Do you remember in March? Do you remember the month of March when the pandemic hit us right in the face? fuck was that that's a pandemic that's a new feeling they got to relearn the world and how to navigate through it you remember that they sent us all home we sheltered in place and we googled and googled and googled and we watched the news and we googled and we cried and we wondered things like when will i ever do this this and this well all i was googling is when is a vaccine coming when is a vaccine coming when is a vaccine coming and now the vaccine is here there are local articles that are saying, yeah, the vaccine's here. A couple thousand doses are going to go to the essential workers in nursing homes. Good. And then more doses are coming, whether it's Pfizer or soon to be Moderna or AstraZeneca or all these brands that I've been Googling for months and months and months. And now I know a lot about the vaccine. Do I know a lot? Probably not, but I know enough. And I always thought this was one thing. Here's how naive I am. I always thought this is one thing we can agree upon, that when the vaccine's here, we take it. Hey, when the vaccine comes, we take it. And then I'm taking a look at a USA Today poll and it says about 67% of Americans say they would take it. What? Not 100% of Americans? I'm wondering, what? Two thirds of Americans. And I don't want to judge. I don't want to judge anybody because I know there are valid reasons. There probably are valid reasons why people wouldn't take it right now. So I asked my students with the Zoom classes, there's an area to create poll questions. I love it. Breakout rooms, poll questions. I'm becoming a real Zoomer. 
a real Zoom expert. So poll question was, if you had access to the COVID-19 vaccine right now, would you take it? And it's anonymous. I say, don't worry. It won't be connected to your name, but be honest. And most of my classes were 50-50. Honestly, 50-50. Only 50% of my students said, yeah, I would take a vaccine. And the other 50 were saying, nah, no thanks. Side effects could be scary. And some of the kids were like, I don't like needles. I was like, okay, okay. Hey, you do you. You got your own reasons. You're entitled. Some of them were saying, well, let me see what happens first with the general public. Let me see if they grow arms out of their chests. Let me see if this vaccine really just plants a microchip in everybody's minds. Let me see if a few of the conspiracy theories I'm reading about actually happens before I take it. So when I say immediately, would you take the vaccine? My answer is so clearly yes. I trust you, modern medicine. And even if I have an arm grow out of my chest as a side effect, well, hey, at least I won't get COVID, right? You call me triple arm Rosenberg. It's all good. I'm fine with a little side effect here, a little side effect there. But my God, if there's one thing I was certain about when the pandemic started, it was that we all wanted the vaccine, right? We all wanted the vaccine. We're all going to take the vaccine. We all want old people, young people, essential workers, any workers, our whole country. Let's reach herd immunity. Let's get an endemic. 50 to 70% of people take it and then we move on. And over 70% means we start to get back to normal. And there's still going to be social distancing and there's still going to be mask wearing, but no fear in a year or two to have no fear when we go outside and start to do all the things that we said we missed and we really don't miss. But you know what I mean. Vaccines come and the articles are here. Can we just applaud? I mean, even if you're not going to take the vaccine, can't you be impressed that they churned it out this quickly? Holy shit. It's the type of thing that would take, what, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. This takes 10 years, right? They whipped it out in less than a year? Let's applaud. How about a standing O? Astounding. I'm happy to be alive right now in a world like this that can take a punch and then react. Are we taking a punch right now, the human race? Oh, oh, oh yeah, we're taking a punch. But are we knocked the fuck out? No. No. I mean, we're bruised pretty bad. And the death toll is so alarming that it'll make you cry every day if you Google it. Throughout this country, throughout the world. I think most people are just Googling their own counties. Most people are staying put. Yeah, there's still some holiday travelers who are so obligated. Ugh, I guess we gotta get the whole family over to Charleston for some bullshit. I've been overly optimistic with the vaccine. Really. I thought, okay, it comes out, then we all take it, then we go back to normal. But if people aren't taking it, I mean, you can't even say it's your moral obligation. You can't tell anybody how to think or what to do in this country. That's what this country is founded upon. Letting you think the way you want, say what you want, do what you want. Pretty much give your middle finger to the scientists. How about that? This country is so backwards in some ways that scientists are getting death threats scientists that are telling you wear a mask and we should probably shut down some businesses i know business owners are suffering and that's just beyond sad but the death threats why is this old beagle got a cough through every podcast okay it's not some studio audience bullshit mugsy i need you to shut your snout okay shut that old yapper i've had this stuff shut the yapper. I've had him since I was 23. I'm a 39-year-old man. 
I've had this old bag of fur since I was a 23-year-old? Come on, I'm not going down that path. I feel like it's always a eulogy. It's always like an almost eulogy these days with him. Well, you know, when I first got my... Oh, he's still here? Okay, never mind. I'll save the eulogy. Will that be episode 120, 121, 122? You know it's coming. We all know it's coming, right? I even walk him around and people go, oh, like I'm walking this old man, just this decrepit old tales from the crypt skeleton of a beagle around the neighborhood. They all go, oh, you don't, you don't have to do that anymore. Just give him a nice warm blanket. Seriously, the looks on my neighbor's faces when I walk him. Oh boy. Hey, old timer. Oh my. It's not as endearing as it used to be. All right. I got to tell a quick story. And this is a true story, and I don't know why this story has stayed with me, and I also don't know why I'm bringing it up right now, but it goes all the way back to my college days. All the way back to my college days. And I know my roommate Rick would remember this story. Maybe he would remember. But living in San Diego, going to San Diego State, meant a lot of people wanted to visit. Either take them to Tijuana for some good, clean, classy fun. Take them to the gas lamp, P-B-O-B. M-B-I-B, La Jolla, Del Mar. Are you kidding me? That's an adult playground of a city. But even in college, had a lot of visitors, had a lot of people coming. Seemed like every weekend we were entertaining somebody. So one weekend, Nick Contoriotis from one of the previous episodes, you remember that hero? Well, Nick Contoriotis visited for one night. And I have no clue what made me think about this, but it's one of those nights that just stayed with me. So we lived in an apartment complex called the Dorchester, which wasn't nice. Had a regal name, the Dorchester, but it wasn't nice. No, it wasn't nice, right on Montezuma Road. That doesn't sound right when I say it out loud. Montezuma Road, was it? I don't know. But it was like, you know, a young apartment complex where just drunk college fools are running amok, doors are open, go in and out, kind of like a dorm setting. So as Nick arrives with a bag, comes up our stairs, comes right into our apartment, immediately we start playing drinking games. Somebody else right behind him came in like three seconds later. And he looked like he was our age. So without even saying anything, I think Rick and I just assumed, oh, that's Nick's buddy. He's visiting with a friend. And the guy just goes right to our fridge, grabs a beer, starts playing drinking games. He's not saying much. And Nick didn't introduce him. But, you know, he's talking to us. And I guess we're listening to music, just like some pre-party action. And then at one point, I just realized... This guy's blacked out. I mean, this guy is plastered beyond words. And he's wobbly in our apartment. And then 15 minutes into this whole experience of just saying, Hey, Nick, how you been? And wondering, actually, fully assuming this was Nick's buddy. 15 minutes in, the guy just collapses in our kitchen. His head hits the counter. And he just falls unconscious. And I'm like, Nick, what's up with your friend? And he said, I don't know that guy. I thought it was your friend. I was like, are you kidding? That's a total stranger who just came in here, passed out, hit his head on the counter, and now he's unconscious? This became a big mystery. I had never even seen him in our apartment complex. This whole time, he's just grabbing beers, kind of talking, kind of mumbling, you know, bouncing off the walls a little bit, and then... That was a classic miscommunication. Who drags him out at that point? Whose responsibility is it? Or do we just leave? Then I think, yeah, I think that's what we did. We all just left. See, okay, probably not. All right, we'll check you later. If that were the dorms, it would be more normal. But I think because it was an apartment and we figured, oh, this guy's with Nick. Then it became 
a story that just stayed with me. Not because I like that story, but I can't shake that story. Nick must have thought it was weird we weren't introducing him to our friend, and we thought it's weird that he wasn't introducing us to his friend that he brought. Turns out, it was just a good old-fashioned invasion. It also turns out that that story sucked. But I got to bring up a story that doesn't suck. And it might change your opinion of somebody very special. Ladies and gentlemen, James Taylor. He's in the closet. Come on out, James. We're in episode 119. And you're thinking, what? Change my opinion of James Taylor? I fucking love James Taylor. Yeah, me too. Because in my mind, I'm going to Carolina. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. I've seen sunny days that I thought would never. Yes, that James Taylor. Whenever I see your smiling face, I have to smile myself because I love you. You know James. We all went through a James Taylor phase. We dabbled in college. You've got a friend. He's good, you know. Mellow music. Well, the other night I'm cooking, and yeah, I'm getting better in the kitchen. Okay, so back up. All right, I'm starting to create some real deliciousness lately. Aren't we all? Isn't that all we're all doing? Cooking and cooking and bragging about our cooking. So my routine is put on a little Pandora and let the sizzle begin. Got my new JBL speaker. This podcast is not brought to you by my JBL speaker, but I wish it were because this is a good speaker. So I'm blasting. Some Pandora. I think Paul Simon Station. And if you don't know how Pandora works, you punch in the artist who you like, and then they give you a bunch of songs in that genre. Similar. Sometimes they stray, and you go, what? That's not what I meant. And then you hit the thumbs down. But I think on the Paul Simon channel, they put out a little James Taylor. And what song was it? Mexico. And I'm like, yes! Hot beginning. You know right when it starts. Hot beginning. And then I started listening to the lyrics and I realized, oh my God, this is the biggest piece of shit I've ever heard. Folks, I hope you're sitting down for this. James has never been to Mexico. Some of you realize that because you've really listened to the lyrics. I never really listened to the lyrics. The guy, I mean, we're talking about a platinum selling recording artist, a very famous guy writes a famous song called Mexico, he's never been there. And I only knew this because I was really analyzing the lyrics. I don't know why. Usually I just tune it all out. It's all in the background. But for some reason, when Mexico came on, I was like, okay, okay, James, I'm listening. And then I was so disappointed. I was so disappointed that James hadn't gone to Mexico but had enough passion to write such a great song about Mexico. You can't do that. I can't just write a song about Botswana. I really can't. If I had a friend come back from Botswana and told me all about it, I can't write a song like, I love Botswana. I just love it. James loved Mexico, but he never took his lazy ass south of the border to enjoy it. You want me to prove it? I'll prove it right now. You listen to these lyrics and I'll tell you the exact moment I was devastated. Beautiful guitar intro, right? Okay, I'm cutting the onions, dicing the mushrooms, chopping the garlic. I'm feeling it. All right, James, talk to us. Way down here. Oh, are you there? 
What do you mean? It sounds so simple. You just got to go. You've been there, right, James? You've been to Mexico, right? And was one of the early lyrics, you just lose your load? Clean it up, James. So hot, I forgot to go home. Guess I'll have to go now. Yeah, you gotta. Still not sure if he's been. Oh, he knows about the moon. Everything's all right. He's been there. He probably goes once a year, right? It even sounds like Mexico. That's what Mexico sounds like. Yeah. Setting the oven to 425 for the chicken. What? The what? Okay. James, I don't have a clue really what so that's about. Really oh, whoops. Baby's hungry. Baby's hungry. Money's, gone. Money's gone. Okay, James, did you just say the baby's hungry, the money's not coming in anymore, something about postcards? Because that has nothing to do with Mexico. What about the beaches? He stops talking about everything that you might feel would connect to Mexican culture. You know, at first he's talking about the moonlight and the fun people, and now it's just the baby's not eating. But here's the bombshell. Drop it on him, James. Drop it on him. Sorry, I talked through this. I can't shut up for one second. James, drop it on him. Let him know. Let him know. Um, what the fuck did you just say? I've never really been. Why the word really? Either you've been or you haven't been. It's a whole country. You know if you've been to Mexico. I've never really been to Mexico, so I don't really know. You wrote a whole song about this country? James, pick a place you've been to. Pick a place you enjoyed visiting. This happy-ass song about Mexico. I mean, I nearly stopped cooking. I had to take a walk. I had to drag the old beagle on another walk. No wonder he's still alive. This guy gets a lot of fitness. He's still coughing, by the way. I'm not sure the microphone picks it up, but it's just the background of my life. A coughing old beagle. But back to James. Hey, James, you've never really been? You have enough money. You got time. All right. The whole verse about the kid who's not eating a lot. James, I don't get it. You're a wealthy troubadour. You have time on your hands. Go play a show in Cancun. All right. I'm just sick of this. I'm, I'm sick of this nonsense. We're all dancing to Mexico. And this guy's like, I've never really been, but I'd like to go. 
Oh, the passion. The passion. What did he see? A postcard? Something on TV about it? A friend came back and told him and he wrote this amazing song. It's a good song, isn't it? It's a good song. How many of you are going to start listening to James a little bit today? Zero? Okay. Zero it is. How many of you are going to drop a rating after this episode? Zero? All right. But hey, you know something? You know what they say about episode 119. That's a piece of shit that belongs in the toilet. But Josh, we're still happy we listened. Hey, thank you. All right. So I booked a guest. I have booked a guest. Probably won't be episode 120. But at some point in the next month, my man Mitch Anderson is going to join the show. I officially locked him in. And it'll be one of the most fascinating interviews you ever sit through. I'll just promise you that. It'll take you away from your current mindset. It'll take you into the Amazon, into the brush of Ecuador. You will learn about the indigenous people who are trying to save their land down there and my friend who is doing all he can to make that happen. I'll explain it fully, but I just got the email confirming. Yeah, I'll come on your podcast. Yeah, homie, I can do it. This is one of those interviews I'll be looking forward to. So stay tuned for that If you have it in your heart and you have a little time, drop that five stars on iTunes, won't you? Come on. Come on. I hate when I sound like I'm pleading. I hate it. All right, my pals of the podcast world, I appreciate you tuning in. That is episode 119. That episode is in the books. What book? I don't know, but it's in it. And I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) 